Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Outside Perspective. With me, Adam Meredith. How's everybody doing? I'm so happy you guys are here. I have a great show for you today. Housekeeping, let's get that out of the way. Please go like the social pages. Also, subscribe to the podcast. That's even more important if you haven't done that yet. You may be listening, but you may not be subscribed. So go hit that subscribe button. Also, leave a rating, leave a review. These things help the podcast so much, and I cannot thank you enough. Now, I want to take a second and tell you guys about my friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. Jumbo Superfoods is a California-based health food company that provides the highest quality cannabis-based products. But I want to tell you guys specifically about their CBD line. CBD stands for cannabidol. Cannabidol is one of the many cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant and has also been shown to have medicinal value, meaning it can aid in improving your health. The cannabis plant is an adaptogen, and CBD specifically has been shown to reduce inflammation, aid in mood regulation in cases of depression, but it can also reduce anxiety and stress, and has neuroprotective properties, meaning it can help the brain. It blows my mind when I think about all of the different things that this one plant can do. And this is just a small list of the benefits of CBD. Now, before I go any further, I know many of you have already heard the word cannabis and have automatically gotten worried. Let me put your worries to bed. You're asking yourself, will I fail a drug test? No, you will not. If you are buying high-quality products, like those from Jumbo Superfoods, they use only premium ingredients, nothing artificial, nothing harmful. All of their products are made right here in the U.S., and they are tested in a lab to measure for purity. You can actually go over to their website, jumbosuperfoods.com, and see the lab results for yourself. Go check it out. And while you're there, you can check out their full line of CBD products. They have CBD spray. Their CBD spray is phenomenal. I like to put the cinnamon one in my coffee. Tastes delicious. They have CBD drops, both for you and your pets. They have a grass-fed ghee and MCT oil. Add that to your coffee. They have a lip balm. They have a muscle balm, which is my absolute favorite. I use the muscle balm after training jiu-jitsu. I put it on my fingers. I put it on my sore muscles and such. It makes a world of difference. So remember, go over to jambosuperfoods.com. That's J-A-M-B-O-S-U-P-E-R-F-O-O-D-S, jambosuperfoods.com. Check them out. Use the link in the show notes. It helps support the podcast, so I thank you in advance. If you're a first-time shopper, use the code JAMBOLOVESYOU at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your first order. So one more time, go to JAMBOSuperfoods.com. Use the link in the show notes. It helps support the podcast, and use the code JAMBOLOVESYOU at checkout to save 15%. Let's take a second and talk about what you're eating for breakfast. Or better yet, what you could be eating. If you're like most of us, you need something quick for breakfast. I got you covered. Mighty Cricket Cereal. Now I know what you're thinking. Crickets. Hear me out, folks. Crickets are actually a complete protein containing all nine essential amino acids. They are high in vitamin B12 and have an excellent ratio of omegas. 
Not to mention, they are one of the, if not the most, sustainably sourced proteins available. They use far less land and water than any other protein source, including plants. So, keep an open mind. Because not only are crickets good for you, they actually taste delicious. Once you roast them, they actually have like a nutty flavor. Mighty Cricket, they have a 100% pure cricket protein, a cricket waffle and pancake mix, which all you need for that is water or your favorite type of milk, i.e. like an almond milk or cow's milk if you prefer that. And that actually packs 10 grams of protein per serving. And they have an oatmeal. Their oatmeal comes in three different flavors. comes in a cinnamon apple, coconut cream, and a dark cocoa. These things taste phenomenal. They only take one or two minutes to warm up in the microwave, and you're good to go. Mighty Cricket only uses quality ingredients, and they don't pack it full of all the fucking junk. It's not going to be packed full of sugar or fillers or any of those artificial ingredients. You're getting a quality breakfast and none of the junk. So, if you'd like to check out any of their products, go over to cricketcereal.com. That's cricket, C-R-I-C-K-E-T, C-E-R-E-A-L, Com. All right, my guest today is Michael Brown. I think it's actually Michael Brown Jr., but Michael Brown. And uh, the universe is a weird fucking thing, man. Life is just a crazy journey. And, uh, you know, Mike and I, we were just kind of acquaintances. Um, I met him... I think like five years ago, over five years ago, whenever I was still, uh, you know, married, I actually met him through that, uh, that ex marriage. And, uh, I haven't seen that guy in years and I was filming some content at the park, just getting some sunlight in, getting some movement and his wife and him were walking by and he happened, he decided to just stop and connect with me that day. And uh, it was just really, it was really interesting because I can I can remember that day pretty specifically or vividly. I was not in the mood to go do what I was doing, but I was like, "Fuck, Adam, you have to get up, you have to be productive, you have to create some content, you have to go and do something. Can't make shit happen if you're just sitting on your ass. So you have to get up and go do something." So I got up. Got some movement in, got some fresh sunlight, you know, filmed some content. It was a positive day. And because I didn't just sit on my ass, because I got up, I reconnected with this guy. And um, super good guy. He is, uh, I don't know if he is, but he has rather, he has gone through or he has had rather quite a fucking journey. It was really crazy to hear. I wasn't aware of uh, the different, you know, kind of trials and tribulations and the ups and downs that he's been through in his life, which is the reason why I started the podcast, so I could learn about these things about people, so I could connect with people, because we all do have a journey, and uh, I want to hear it, and I want to share it with people. So, like I said, today's podcast guest is Michael Brown, and I have a brief little bio here for you well, I guess ish he sent me something let me read it here to you and hopefully I don't fuck it up but Mike Brown 
has been mentored by best-selling author Tim Marks. He also runs a collaborative commerce company with over 10,000 hours of education on the following. Leadership, entrepreneurship, professional and personal development, macroeconomic history, microeconomic freedom, sociology, marketing, and psychology. He also speaks, speaks on a national circuit that teaches people, uh, meaning uh, individuals, families, and business owners, how to break financial bondage and regain their time. So, without further ado, Michael Brown. All right, Mike Brown. Well, all right. Here we are. Um, <laughs> I see you brought a book here. I did. The Magic of Thinking Big. Yeah. Why did you bring that book? Well, you know, growing up, I really didn't read things that were of personal growth ever. I typically just kind of did what I had to do to to get life going in the information that I had. So um, The Magic of Thinking Big is one of the first books I had ever read on leadership and personal development. And I noticed that uh, just by simply controlling my mindset, I can get further in life at any level that I want it to. So uh, this was the first book I read and it helped and changed my life completely. Uh, because a mentor recommended it to me. Uh, I was in search of a mentor, and um, when I found a good one, he ended up recommending this book, and uh, I think that you should read it too. <laughs> I've read that book. I have that book. Right. Um, that is an amazing book. Right, right. It's kind of funny. So I was telling you about I'm doing this this MACE course, so I'm I'm getting pretty – uh, pretty deep into like the mace community and the mace world, mm -hmm. and um, I've been asked this question. There's been this question that's been posed: Did you find the mace, or did the mace find you? So ultimately, going back to energy, right? The energy you put out being returned to you, right? And sometimes uh, things cross your path um, without you intention necessarily intentionally, you know, looking for those things, but they find you, right? right. Um, and I feel like that book was one of those things for me. Um, I actually had a uh, uh, an old boss. She was a director, probably like one of the nicest ladies. She was a fantastic marketer. Mm -hmm. She actually gave me, I have it next to my bedside, uh, like a little, uh, it was like during Christmas, so she gave the team gifts. And she gave us one that said, it says, think big. And it's like, it looks like a little, uh, it's a little painting, a little portrait. And then um, a guy that I follow heavily, Andy Frizzella, that okay. I was telling you about. He's right. based here in St. Louis. So for you and then for the folks listening. So Andy Frizzella, he has a podcast called the MFCEO Project. Um, one, of the, one of the best, I think he's actually ranked number one on iTunes right now. The okay. best podcast in the world, business, self-development. He's based here in St. Louis. Um, in 2009, so 2008 is when I began like my journey like in the fitness world as far as like professionally. I, I got a job as a trainer working at 24 Hour Fitness. And, uh, and then the next year in 2009, I started 
working at Supplement Superstores, okay. uh, which is a big chain here in the Midwest, St. Louis. Um, they've expanded out. And uh, Andy Frisella and his, his partner, they own that company. And they also own First Form, which is a large supplement company. And they're, all, they're based here in St. Louis. Right. Um, so long story short, you know, he's built this huge empire, multi-million dollars um, in sales mm-hmm. every year, like hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. Like he's killing it. He has this fantastic podcast. And I follow him. And um, it's funny. Well, I'm going to back up for half a second. Because it's funny, like whenever I started working at Supplement Superstore in 2009, Andy was still doing the interviews. He was still interviewing everybody himself and making those decisions. Fast forward to today, like he doesn't have to work if he doesn't ever want to. I don't think he does any interviews. So it's just like it's crazy to see this huge process because as we were talking um, off mic, you know, um, just seeing where you want like just believing and just like if you put in the work, you'll get there. Right. And that's a lot of what he's preaching. But anyway, my point is I was following him and uh, he was using Periscope a lot at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he had like a contest or something and he he gave whoever did whatever, he, he sent that book out to them. Right. So he sent that book. So that's how I got the book is my point. And I read right. the book. It's a fantastic fucking book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the magic of thinking big and I'll let you explain it further, right. but um, I think it ties, you know, directly into, um, you know, like the law of attraction and, and, you know, just the energy and just the different things we were talking about, you know, prior. Right, right. Yeah, I'm with it. You know, the story behind me even having this book with me is uh, quite an interesting one. It starts, uh, I was born in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, 1983, go 1980s babies. Um, I was born in 83, uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Um and I live with my grandmother majority of my life because my dad was a hardworking guy, right? Super hardworking, uh, doing his own IT thing. Sometimes he did some off-site projects and such. But um, I grew up in Florida with my dad as a single dad and my grandmother, you know, raising me. And they wanted to make sure that I was in a better environment each year after year. I was the only kid, right? And so I was a bad kid, though. <laughs> I was like... Bad in uh, what way? I was... Um, I was doing some bad stuff at five years old, for example, like burning down like curtains and such, just being a bad little pyro or whatever it was. Oh, uh, shit. I was a bad kid, man. Like, yeah. Um, so your dad was working all the time and then your grandmother raised you. Right. For How- the most part, because he would, you know, have to have me stay there as she's, you know, as he's at work. So, yeah. Um, Where is your mom? Uh, she, they had gotten a divorce prior to me, you know, being born. So my dad got actual, um, you know, custody of me, which was great. Oh yeah. Um, but at the time I didn't really know the situation. I just knew my dad. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, I would see my mom here and there and I'd obviously be with my grandmother and such, but, um, each year of growing up, they wanted to make sure that I was in a better and better environment. Right. Uh Um, we didn't grow up in the best of situations. Uh, I didn't grow up in the best situations in Jacksonville. It was rough. It was rough and tough. Um, but what my dad recognized, uh, was that he was going to at least do his best to get not only himself, but me into a a much better, broad environment in life. And I didn't really appreciate it back then because as a kid, uh, (laughs) man, as a kid, I knew everything, right? Like, yeah, you don't have that perspective, right? You don't have no perspective. I didn't have any, all I wanted to do was get in trouble, have fun, Mm-hmm. Um, very you know, ego driven, big time, mm-hmm. big time. Oh, and yeah. so, uh, I had no idea what my dad was doing, but he was always there for me, no matter how much trouble, uh, I ended up having myself get into. Right. And so, but 
uh, at 17, um, I was living in Springfield, Missouri. So I lived in Jacksonville, Florida, moved into, you know, fast forward a couple years, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Um, my dad and I, uh, we moved to the St. Louis area and um, everything changed from there because um, I met the right people and I got in a totally different environment. And so he- here's where I'm going with the most of this. Um, I got this book because when I moved to St. Louis in 2007, I think it was. Yep. Uh, 2006, 2007. How old were you at this time? Uh, I was 22. Okay. And you moved to St. Louis from Springfield. Uh, so we're going to do the whole, we're going to do the whole lineage. Okay. Jacksonville, Florida until I was 13. Yeah. And then from Jacksonville to Atlanta, Georgia until I was about uh, 17. Oh, okay. Um, and then moved to uh, Springfield, Missouri. Actually, it was right, right on 16. I was going to turn 17. So I moved to Springfield at uh, 16. Ended up going to high school there. Um, here's why we were moving around so much. Uh, my dad, like I said, wanted to make sure I was in the right situation every year. Going, to, I went to d- 10 different schools. Oh, fuck. 10 dude. different schools, bro. Dude. <laughs> um, but it's because... My father was always focused on getting to the next step, getting to the next step. And long story short, <laughs> uh-huh. um, I ended up here at uh, 16 and uh, our spring from Missouri at 16. Yep, here at 22. Right. And so uh, actually ended up uh, going to uh, high school there, finishing up, uh, dropped out of high school. Yeah. Um, essentially, I guess where I'm going with all this is that all that moving around that was happening was for a reason. And I'm searching for the, the reason of every life lesson um, a lot, <laughs> you know? So, um, man, it's a long story, but I'm trying to figure out which route to take this. <laughs> no, that's, that's totally fine, and, we, and, I, and I may derail you. Um, so you said something, and I, I just want to think about this. So does it have to be, a, does there have to be a reason a, a lesson, yes, but a reason. Sometimes I feel like some things just happen for no reason. Like they just happen, just because things just happen. Mm-hmm. Now, not to say that we can't find a lesson mm-hmm. in that, but is there necessarily a reason that it happened? Um, maybe. Uh, I don't know. You just said that. It's, it triggered that thought. Yeah, and you're. Is there a reason? I, I think know. that there. For me and my own being, I think that there is. Uh, because I, going from it. going from where I was living in Jacksonville to moving to Springfield at 16, um, in that time frame, all I thought about was what the television told me who I was. Yeah. And, you know, BET said, well, you're this and then you're that. And so I tried to mimic that lifestyle and ended up getting into a lot of trouble in and out of jail, uh, so on and so forth, because I was trying to live up to the information I was feeding myself as a kid. Um, I was just nonstop commercials playing in my head, you know, just like us adults, right? But up until about when I moved to Springfield, I ended up meeting a group of different group of people because I went in, you know, I went from uh, prior to 16, uh, being in an all, uh, you know, African-American school to now flip all to a Caucasian European school, um, was crazy. I was one of only six darker complexion people in the entire high school. One of only six. Wow, that's not very many. Compared to where I was before. 
<laughs> where it was actually the reverse. <laughs> yeah. All my life. Yeah. That's probably a huge so culture shock. It was a huge culture shock, but I met a, a totally different group of guys that I, you know, otherwise wouldn't have met because I was in my situation back in, you know, Florida um, or in Atlanta. And everything changed from there. And I started to talk about different things, uh, not what the television was telling them, but thinking for themselves. Uh, I didn't discover I was really uh, how to think for myself until I moved to Missouri, actually. So I owe a lot of my whatever success I have now to moving to this state specifically. I'll always have a home here for sure. And um, everything changed because you started to uh, you meet people who have read some things and who have uh, treaded down some successes in life and you want to emulate some of their results. And so I finally found a mentor when I moved here to St. Louis um, after I dropped out of high school. Um, got here at 22. Uh, I finally found a different group of people that will help me advance in life and my thinking. And so I think that I brought this book to shed a little bit of light of how powerful our minds are. You know, it's one of many books, one of many books. But I always take that with me everywhere I go because it was the beginning of my journey. Uh, you got to think outside your circumstances because you never know what's around the corner. And for me, when I was 16, living in Springfield, I still started to get in trouble. <laughs> I mean, there was a different group of guys, like I said, but I was still getting in trouble because I had a lot of residual effect of the information that I had known up to that point. And so uh, I ended up getting kicked out of my house, <laughs> right, uh, at 17 because I, I dropped out anyways. Like, he's like, well, wh what are you going to be here for then? You dropped out. When, so, so how old were you when you dropped out? Were you about, 16? About 17. Because I, I was only at that school for about a year and a half. Okay. So at 17, I was pretty much done. Um, but one of my good friends said, you know what? Well, you're kicked out. I'll, you know, I'll have a place for you to you know, live. And so that was fantastic. Uh, I had a way of um, finding good people, but I was still in and out of jail because of the information I had to that point. I still was living that life. How but, many times did you go to jail? Uh, probably uh, close to 25 times, somewhere like that. Really? Yeah, a lot. Holy <laughs> shit, dude. Yeah, it was just little small situations, you know, just um, maybe being booked or not booked or being, th like, because I was hanging out with a lot of the rough crowd, too. Yeah. So um, that was from 17 until about 21. And what happened at the age of 21 is I went to a, I went to a party in Branson, Missouri, Um and at that party, there was a bunch of people there. Uh, a buddy of mine who was top salesman for a hotel chain had a free, like, resort-style room for us all. It's like 40 of us in there, right? And at that party, um, there was a, uh, a person there who got my information, got my phone number, and she handed my phone number over to my uh, sister uh, and gave my phone number again to my dad. I had already been moved out. I was kicked out. I was living from hotel to hotel, house to house. From 17 to 21, I was doing that. I was living on my own. I was doing that. Okay. It's and so, bonding. Right. <laughs> I was trying to figure it out, man. Yeah. 17 and 21. I was just a street MBA, they would call it, right? In the streets. <laughs> um, but uh, I hadn't really been talking to my dad between 17 or 18 to 21 at all. Like my parents, nope. No, no point, um, because total different mindsets and lifestyles. Mm -hmm. And so um, my dad got my number 
because of the girl at the party gave my number to my sister, which then gave it to my dad. My dad calls me and says, hey, I don't know what you're doing in life. We haven't talked in years, but I'm moving to St. Louis because he was still living in Springfield. So was I just different parts of Springfield. He said, I'm moving to St. Louis. I don't know what you're doing in your life, but I'm moving in about a month to St. Louis. I would love for you uh, to come with us. And then boom. Uh, I said, uh, yeah, I'll do that because I'm living from place to place. <laughs> Dude, that's dope. Yeah, so at 21, um, I ended up moving here. And that was uh, our 20, 21, 22. And here I am, uh, 35. <laughs> I think, so we were talking about, you know, energy. And we we're talking about just kind of things just like the like the universe just kind of putting things mm -hmm. um in your path right like what made your dad reach out to you uh did have you asked him well i'm sure that my sister told him i was living in squalor <laughs> um and so he's always just such a, a a giving hand and always have been but me being a snot nose no nothing kid i didn't really respect a lot of his judgment Shit. um but he ended up calling me uh because he probably knew where I was at and where I was headed. Yeah. Me, I was down to do anything to change, right? And so I moved here to St. Louis. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. So you were very impressionable kind of growing up, would you say? Um, maybe because I went to so many different schools. Right. And so I met a, a whole a whole gamut of people in life. Right. A lot of people. Right. Um, some people say, man, you went to that many schools. That's, that's unfortunate. I was like, no, actually, I have no regrets. I thought it was pretty cool. I got to see all different types of people and get, got to learn from a lot of different folks. Yeah. Um, and so uh, my dad knew that I was probably just not in a good situation. So I said, you know what? I'll move. I'll do it. And so in under a month, uh, I, I packed my my cell phone <laughs> and my shoes and said, all right, I'm moving in. And I moved to St. Peter's, Missouri with him. Oh, wow. Um, ended up uh, working at the Olive Garden right there on Sue Mandy. Yeah. Wow. There. Dude, life is crazy. And that was probably a bad question. We're all impressionable when we're young. That's, that's a stupid question. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I imagine if you go to 10 different schools, you're going to learn a very particular set of skills. Um Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, well, you have to build rapport pretty quickly because if you feel like you're going to, I mean, you don't have time to waste. Right. Um, but I would also imagine, did it, did it make it difficult to, like, want to get to know people? Um, only the first day or so, maybe, as I was navigating life through new schools um, or just in general. I guess I always, uh, through my dad's ability to be more of a performer when he's in public he's always having fun cutting up i observed that in life and so he showed me an example of man it's not that big of a deal just have fun yeah in life and so i take the approach of just having fun uh but when i moved here uh i ended up meeting my now wife uh at that olive garden and uh i was just just enamored by her man i was just like man who is this chick right like yeah i was working as a host there she comes walking through the door and i'm like man i i i have got to know her right <laughs> and so she was coming in to get an interview got the job and you know i 
I uh, obsessively uh, communicated with her <laughs> yeah. as much as I could until we started dating after you know eight months of that um, of me chasing. And but in between all of that, when I when I was getting to know her, I ended up getting to know some of her uh, her her mom's uh, friends and uh, family and her. Uh, they introduced me to a guy uh, who was just always happy, and I couldn't understand why he smiled so much, <laughs> right? Because I didn't come from the background of smiling a lot. I came from the background of you look hard or that's it. <laughs> yeah. Right. You don't you don't open up your soul. You just sit there and uh, just be stern in life because life may have beaten you up. But I always wanted to figure out why that guy was smiling so much. And so she introduced me to him. Uh, I got to learn more about who he was. We sat down for coffee and I was just. Uh, in awe of his results in life. And so I didn't want to be like him. I wanted to think like him uh, because I was trying to become a better person anyways at that point. I had met a girl or a woman and I wanted to make sure that uh, I could be the best for her. And so uh, he was that to his wife, what I wanted to be to my uh, future wife. He was just a great, you know, supporter of the family. He was just, just a great guy, right? And so he started to recommend books to me as I was asking him, hey, man, what's your journey? How did you get to where you're at? And it always starts with asking a question is how it really starts in life. When change is about to happen, it has to start with a question. But I had to ask him, man, what were you doing to help you get from one mindset to another? He said, well, I just started to read these books. I recommend you read Magic Thinking Big. So I started to read that one. And he said, now it's time for you to read uh, Personality Plus, uh, which is by Florence Littower. That book talks about um, the four different personality temperaments, same stuff that Aristotle was using, you know, phlegmatic, which is more reserved, melancholy, uh, which is more detailed, choleric, which are heart chargers. And then you have uh, phlegmatic, myself, reserve, or phlegmatic, cleric, melancholy, and sanguine. Sanguines are the fly by the seat of the pants, always the light of the party. Hmm. But anyways, that's personality plus. So he started recommending all these books. And me, I was a high school dropout. I was not interested in it <laughs> at all. But if I wanted to change in life, I had to change the things that I was reading in life, what I was listening to, who I was listening to, um, and what I was watching. And I think I'm going through this progress of my life because um, this is just going to be first, you know, it's just going to be one of the first explanations of how I come from where I was and I think the question is that you asked was uh, do you think it was difficult to meet people um, I didn't really think about it but now looking back on it yeah I guess it was I was you know I was really self-absorbed at the time but now I love meeting people because everybody has an amazing story to tell and that's why I appreciate this podcast and what you're doing because um Everyone's got a beautiful story, and we all need to tell that story and hopefully learn from it. And um, it's not difficult to meet people anymore. <laughs> Let's just say that. Because yeah. I know where my vision's at, and my whole hope is to figure out where theirs is and see where we can connect and make progress together. Yeah. So, so would you say, like, kind of one of those changes um, with meeting people? So, like, before, you know, like <clears> – <throat> Like before, like it was kind of like you didn't really necessarily care to connect, and then and then now it's just much more important to actually like get to know a person and connect with them. Is 
Absolutely. Um, why not? Every man is superior to me in some way in that I find of him. I, I don't know if that's Lincoln or not. I wish we had someone to tell us like who uh, the quote was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Google it. Uh, I'll, I'll Google it. I got a little bit of a right one went out. There you go. Yeah. You can keep talking. Mine, can you hear out of your right ear? Yeah, I can now. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Anyways. Uh, Let's look I think, it's, I think it's important that we get outside of ourselves and connect with people uh, because we all need a team to win in life, and we're all supposed to be a team in the human race. <laughs> Dude, humans are amazing. Yes. and um, I'm happy I'm one. <laughs> uh, that was kind of one of my things, um, kind of why I started the podcast, what we were talking about. Um, I had a big issue with, like, wanting to actually, like, connect with people. Mm -hmm. And um, being able to sit down and have a conversation like this with somebody – um, and just actually taking the time to genuinely be interested in somebody and like what their story is, because like you said, we all have a story. Right. Um, I think that connection is just so important. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and like you said, you know, the, the people that we surround ourselves with, mm -hmm. um, the, the things that we read, the things that we watch, um, you know, our diet is more than like just what we eat. It's it's everything that we consume. It's what we're listening to. It's what we're watching. It's what we're reading. You know, it's it's what you look at every day, not necessarily just on a screen, but like your environment, your overall environment. So everything that you're taking in is a part of your diet. So um, I often talk to people, dude, and um, they'll ask me if I saw something. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, like, because I don't, I don't, I don't watch the news anymore. Sure. Um, I get my news through people because it's all bad shit on there anyway. None of it's usually very useful. Why filter through what their perception is of what's happening? Uh, you can just focus on where you're headed because ultimately, uh, in the grand scheme of things. I can't do anything about Kim Kardashian kissing whoever or whatever. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. Uh, but I can make sure that my planner and my calendar is filled up to progress. Yeah. Hey, you can know? you move your mic up just, just, just a tad? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Yeah. All good. I forget that you edit all of it, don't you? <laughs> um, all this talking we're doing right now, I'm yep. not going to edit any of this out. Oh. <laughs> hey, bro, this is all This is all the podcast. This is raw and uncut. Yeah, dude. This is, Look, all that, it's all recording. We're all just going, hey, man, this is all good. <laughs> this is all good. But it all. But what we're saying is still, it all stands, though. I mean, everything that we take in is our diet. and um, Right. You can't take in that negativity, so I'll just let some people filter that shit for me, and then if I need to hear about it, somebody will probably tell me about it. Right. Um, I'm it's just all fear-based, you know. You don't want to necessarily uh, have your life consumed with fear uh, because you'll act in that way. And so uh, they say false evidence appearing real. I believe that. Uh, yeah, there is some fear and some animal instinct of us to, you know, it's, a, it's, it's something that we've been given uh, to protect our bodies, you know, fear in a sense. But I'd much rather act on the uh, path of action than uh, fear because action conquers fear. Absolutely. So, you know, we've, we've had conversations before you and I about, um, you know, the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. And I'm a firm believer in, you know, the energy that we put out is the energy, is the energy that's returned. But you have to put in the fucking work. Yeah. Period. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like belief is very important. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's, it's necessary. And like you mm -hmm. said, it all starts in the mind. Like mm -hmm. you have to train the mind first. Mm -hmm. And you have to truly believe and know that what you're doing today will pay off. It's just you have to put in the work. Right, right. It's that simple. Just like when 
I leave here today, I have another appointment, and I'm going to take out my cell phone, just like everybody else. I'm going to put in to my Google Maps, my GPS coordinates, 111 anywhere street. <laughs> yeah. And then it's going to route instructions to that goal. And so that's how I look at life. You know, we can sit and say namaste and chill and do nothing, which is cool. I love meditation. Um, but I also know that uh, in order to succeed in life, you definitely have to have a concrete goal. And there will always be a route to the goal. The plans change. Sometimes there's a detour. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm I'm with the GPS analogy. Uh, yeah, global positioning system for a reason. That's <laughs> a good one. Yeah, dude, you have to be able to pivot. Um, right. Do you have a vision board? Uh, yes, I do. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I have a vision board and then I have a goal board. There's a difference. So some uh, would say that goals are uh, – the one thing that you need, but there's a game plan to the goal too. There's a difference between goal setting and game planning. So my goal setting would be taking a bunch of magazines of things that I like, cutting it up, uh, putting it on a black poster board and putting it above my bed. Shout out to my wife for that. She's <laughs> awesome. She put it cause every time you wake up, you look up at your dreams. And so, that's a good move. um, yeah, absolutely. So that's my goal board, my dream board, all the things that I want in life, uh, in, services I want to provide to people. And then I have my goal, uh, my game plan board, which is a whiteboard of what plans I'm making to get to that goal. Because yeah. we can dream all day long, and that's just what it will just be. It's dreaming. But until we act towards it, it's not going to come to fruition. I love the law of attraction, like you said, uh, but it's also about how much work I'm going to put in to make it happen like you said so yeah yeah i mean um having like like i said i mean just to repeat you know i mean having belief um will only take you so far you gotta put in that work right um so when you got here mm -hmm. and you found your mentor mm -hmm. and uh what so kind of what were your next steps into uh kind of where you are today right so mm -hmm. let's just do just a quick recap so high okay. school dropout mm -hmm. you fucking in and out of jail mm -hmm. um just bouncing around where you live in jobs, different things, no real sturdy foundation, no real structure, mm. essentially going nowhere. Right. But you seem to at least have the wherewithal mm. to not be stuck in the cycle so much that whenever your dad did reach out to you, you realize it's time to get the fuck out and, mm -hmm. and move move somewhere else, start, start anew if you right. can, right? right? So you did that. You got up here, um, found a mentor. Mm -hmm. You met your now wife. Mm -hmm then girlfriend mm -hmm. um you, you what's where where where's your life headed at that point you know you found a new circle of friends right so mm -hmm. the people around you very important right so where's all that taking you right so once i found a fantastic mentor he was reading books and recommending books like i said earlier and at the time all i knew for work was working uh, physically with my hands to make an income because i was a a host at a popular restaurant chain trading time for money right so i was trading time for money and perfect time to segue into it uh he then recommended that i read you know the cash flow quadrant by robert kiyosaki where he talks about uh there's four different ways to earn income in this country and robert kiyosaki is a fantastic author i love listening to some of his stuff now uh for sure and he says in his book, The Cash Flow Quadrants, that there's four ways to make money, employee, self-employed, business owner, or investor. Now, Robert has very great knowledge, and I trust his judgment when it comes to financial advising. Uh, I don't have to agree 100% with what he says, but 
he's right on the main point of the cash flow quadrant, but he wrote the book Rich Dad Poor Dad as well. So it's a follow-up to Rich Dad Poor Dad. And so Robert says that as an E or an S, employee or self-employed, I physically have to trade my time for money. You can never have both as an employed or self-employed individual. And then also he says in both of those quadrants, you pay the most taxes compared to the guys on the other side of the quadrant. So employed or self-employed, trading your time physically for money. It's impossible to have both. I can't scale that. It, it's, it's, you can't scale it because it requires your physical being. And in, what was really more alarming was, you know, I got it. I, yeah, I have to go make money. I get it, Robert, right? And so what really got me was that he said that 95% of the people actually live and operate on that side of the quadrant and 5% are on the other side. I was like, well, what's this other side? Yeah. I want to be part of the 5% because I thought, I thought growing up, you know, let's go see what the other side of the tracks are looking like, the other half. It's not the other half. It's only 5% of the people over there doing it. Oh, yeah. So Small. he says then that the B quadrant is business system owner and the I are investors. And the investors come from the B quadrant typically. So when we take all of our hard-earned income and we go – pay out to other businesses, pay out to these businesses who we need to provide us with furniture or need us to keep the lights on. We're taking our hard earned money and giving it to those guys on that side of the quadrant, the system owners. And so I wanted to figure out how to be a system owner once you recommended that book to me, because at 95% of trading our time for money, that's a lot of people. We're only getting 5% of the money though. On the other side, you're getting 95% of the wealth. So I'm not that good at math, but I'm not that bad either. <laughs> so I really was beginning to become passionate about the right side of the quadrant because it required a lot of my time up front. But in the back end, I get my time back before I reach retirement age. I want it to have time over money. And that is where my journey began with business because of that mentor saying, Hey, you need to read this book because he could have told me all that. But with being an egotistical human being, I would have been like, ah, I'll take it at face value. But when I'm reading the words myself, I'm putting it into my psyche. I can actually then absorb it as, Oh, I need to take the right steps and do this. And so that book ended up, uh, firing up my entrepreneurial spirit and in that, in order to graduate to the right side of the quadrant, you have to develop yourself. You can't be an entrepreneur and you're just playing. Like, and you're not doing any development. It requires progress for success. And I got tricked into becoming successful because at the end of it all, why would I want to read this book, mentor, uh, so that you can get further than where you're at? And I said, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> and it's made all the difference in the world because the journey has been more important than the actual end goal. You asked me, poster board, you have a vision board? Absolutely, sure do. But 
when you look back at the game plan board to get to that vision board, there's a lot more game planning going on than the actual visions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. The vision is just, it's just one piece of it, right? right. That's big picture. That's far off, right? right. You right. gotta, you gotta make, you gotta have a plan, right? You gotta right. work the plan. Right. Paralysis by analysis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a usually commonly understood term, but you know, fuck man, if you just sit there and you're constantly planning without doing work, there are a lot of people and this is something that I've come to realize. You know, there are a lot of people who, I mean, they're not necessarily the best at anything or the smartest or anything like that. It's just they just do the fucking work. Right. You just just do the work. If you're passionate enough, you'll do it. You know, motivation is a very elusive thing. You You can watch YouTube videos on it all day, you know. And, you know, what I've learned is that motivation is never really there when you need it. You know, when I when I'm sitting on my couch and I'm lounging in for the night, I can watch a thousand motivation videos, but I'm not going to get up and do nothing because I'm going to go to sleep because yeah. <laughs> that's where my mind's headed is to sleep. And so motivation is something that comes from totally within. There's some great ideas that you can get from books and videos, but it really comes from what we really want. And for me, uh, I only finally discovered it once I started to just read more about economics and uh, microeconomics to start getting yourself into a, a good financial you know, situation and then studying the macroeconomics, you know, why is 2% interest rates going up? Like studying that stuff, um, I wouldn't have never wanted to do in high school. <laughs> yeah. But I do it now because I'm ultimately chasing freedom and I want to help other people find freedom too. Because the financial systems are a matrix, you know, the institutions are a matrix. And I love that this is a platform to break down a lot of that. You know, we're the modern day uh, Neos and uh, <laughs> Morpheuses, right? So, yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> ex well, especially I, me having grown up here in Missouri my whole life. And, uh, you know, the Midwest in general, and, and, and you can easily take this down all the way through the south it's, it's very conservative right and there's um in particular here in the bible belt there's a very set way of thinking and you know there's a lot of uh everything's pretty uniform in the sense of like there aren't you know there's not there aren't too many outliers you know what i mean like there's you know it's, it's heavily christian uh most people hold a certain set of beliefs and different things and one of the things Growing up that you're always taught is you go to school, you graduate, you get your degree, right. and then you get a good job, and mm -hmm. then it's like, and then now you have this nine to five, right. and you know what I mean? And then, you know, so in particular here in Missouri, very blue collar um, in a lot of ways as far as, you know, what people do is, you know, it's, it's you go to work every day, you work hard, and you come home, you take care of your family, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, you kind of like, it's just all about just like putting your head down and doing the work, which is a very good quality, but then you plug it into the system that you've been taught your whole life, though you do this, you do this, you do this, and like this is the path to success, and this is how you're supposed to live. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like, sure, that is a way, and it, it is, it's something that's been done for a really long time, but that model is, it, is very one it's it's out of date now mm -hmm. and and two like it's not the only way to do things you know what i mean like there's so many ways to make it happen in life right 
And uh, just just the idea of you have to do this and then this and then this and then this is just how life is supposed to be is just so fucking crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, there's no real cookie cutter way to uh, this life. You know, uh, I had dropped out of high school not to praise it or anything. I, I did it because I just I didn't learn in that fashion. And it was really uh, rough for me to get along in that environment. You know, I was in and out of school anyways, being suspended. Uh, I always challenged the teachers and such. And I just really was a rebel in all aspects uh, when it comes to that specific system. So I was an outlier, like you said. And um, what I'm noticing now in in history of uh, finance right now, most of the outliers from then are the most successful <laughs> people today. <laughs> right. Just kind of, <laughs> you know, you know, tra- you know bla- mm-hmm. blazing their own trail. You know right. what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. You just realize that it doesn't have to be this way, mm-hmm. and in e- society may tell you that, dude, you're a fucking loser. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean you dropped out of high school? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you can't do anything in life. I'm sure some people tell you, you can't do anything in life. And I even had that thought. You told me you dropped out of high school. I'm like, damn, dude, you can at least finish high school. Like, mm-hmm. just that one little piece of paper. Yeah. Like, that was my initial like judgment reaction. But then I'm just like, hold on, let's take a step back, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's not be an asshole and so judgmental. Like. <laughs> you're like you're a great person like you're 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 well-rounded like you you educate yourself right you're you're working hard to um like build the life that you want to live because you realize like you said like this system this matrix like you don't have to to live this life like you can do it another way mm-hmm. and um and then now you're trying to help others along the way you know what i mean so like your proof that this isn't the only like you know this whatever path over here isn't the only way right and, right. and there's a lot of people like that you know what i mean and not say everybody has to travel that path but i think we're all like that if we are given the right circumstance not 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 right circumstances don't misconstrue that uh the right information through time so prior to 17 i had like i said earlier uh just one set of thinking because I was given this from the environment that I was in, but I, for whatever reason, wanted to consistently move forward. I I told myself that I was going to be a multimillionaire when I was like 14 years old, right? Yeah. I was telling myself that over and over again. Now, I don't know where that drive came from, um, but obviously at the time was, you know, money was the motivator, but um, it's not now. It's, it's just a byproduct of serving. Right. But, um, changing everything in terms of my thought processes uh came down to nonstop developing like once you get into personal development it's it can get addicting you know because you haven't my natural instinct is to go towards the negative but when i'm having something positive always changing and always going into my mind man things change and the system when i was 17 i dropped out of like you said most people would say oh man a loser or whatever the case may be and I'm going to be honest, from 17 to 21, I absolutely was. 22, whatever. Yep, <laughs> totally was. Uh, but during that process, there's no regrets because I was, I was, it was a reason I was going through a lot of that stuff so that I'll know both ends of the spectrum, I guess. I'm not saying go out there and go get in trouble <laughs> to figure out what real life is about. But uh, I knew that uh, from reading those books that I was given, everything was going to change and I continuously do that, and I will always recommend books and audios for people to listen to. I started going to networking events uh, around that time. This is stuff you can do for free, for goodness sakes. Yeah, there's so many things you can do. Right. There's a lot of people who want to give their information out, and uh, you just have to network and connect with people as much as possible. Uh, That 
is how I got over a lot of that negativity is constantly reinforcing the people I was around, the things I was listening to, and the things that I was watching. Right. And I, I hope that people who are listening in today can get some of that because uh, wherever you want to go, you can totally get there. It's just a matter of nonstop looking at it. Like that vision board you're talking about, that's important. Uh, I teach on Tuesday nights, uh, leadership, entrepreneurship, and business principles and such, right? Oh, cool. Uh, in Collinsville, Illinois. Uh, in, in that, I'm consistently talking about what the vision is. So when NASCAR drivers are taught to uh, drive or in their teaching realm, apprenticing, um, they are taught to look at the infield if they're going out and erect. Because if you're spinning out, you're looking at the wall, you're going to go to the wall. But if you're spinning out, you have a better chance of going on the infield if you're looking at the infield. Mm -hmm. So if that's true for NASCAR drivers, well, why wouldn't it be true for us? If I'm looking at the circumstances of the wall, <laughs> I'm looking at that, I'm going to get more of that. But if I'm looking at the infield, the green grass, pasture, my dream, uh, I'll go closer to that. You can never get away from the evil thoughts and the inner demon so to speak or the negative thoughts can't get away from that you just got to blast more positive and different change because this world's binary it's either <laughs> hot or cold man <laughs> so uh hopefully that makes a little sense yeah no no i um i totally understand what you're saying because um you can you can extrapolate that to uh, even just just like life circumstances in general in the sense of you know if you're focusing on doing and 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 doing good mm -hmm. you know like bad things happen in life right they're they're going it's inevitable yeah, you right. know life is hard bad things happen right? right but if you if you put in the work you know s eventually so much good happens mm -hmm. that it weighs out the bad the bad like the bad things that happen like they're not they they don't derail you it's just like a speed bump if anything right. you know what i mean and and that's the same thing with your thoughts right it's like you just got to feed the positive right mm -hmm. just feed the positives like we all have negative thoughts like i can't tell you how many times to where you know and any person who you know who is like trying to make it on their own trying to build the life that they want to live and, you know some days you fucking wake up and it's extreme anxiety and stress <laughs> it's just like holy shit like maybe i should go get a fucking job <laughs> hey. but like you have those thoughts but you can't live in that space, right? You know, it's just, it's acknowledge those. Okay, cool. Like I had that thought. Now keep it moving, right? And in um, the best way that I've found is just, like we said over and over, like taking action, like building that positive momentum. Like, and especially like, like you said, like you don't always want to do it. Nope. You know what I mean? Motivation is, is shit. Like you have to have discipline. You know, you got to put structure in your life and like, and like, and just and just be fucking regimented you know what i mean like mm -hmm. and just like make things happen right like whether you want to or not it doesn't matter how you feel you just got to put in the work so Absolutely. like you have to put systems in place in your life like you said like you wake up you see you see like your vision like where you're working towards and you see your goal board right like you see these things first thing when you wake up like you got to put little systems in place like i um on my phone i took off all my notifications the only notification i get on my phone now is like um on the lock screen like i'll see if i see a text or something because i definitely need to like see that information but all those red bubbles gone so like now i have to like structure and like schedule like all right well i from like 
I don't know. I haven't put in the times yet, but I'm thinking for like nine to eleven. Like I'll allow myself to like be on so like to work social and like check emails and different things, and then I'll chunk off like another like two hours in the in the evening. I don't know, like six to eight or something. Right, right. And then like so, you have to start like putting these systems in place, right? So that way you're living life efficiently, right. and uh, you know you're working towards where you want to go. I had another fucking point. I lost it. Oh, Damn. That's all right, brother. Damn. We're talking about breaking down old paradigms, uh, just like uh, when it comes to working out. You're breaking down those muscle tissue and you're ripping it apart. And you're hoping that it grows back stronger tomorrow. Well, that's just recovery. You got to recover to make that happen. Branch chain amino acids and all that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you want the advanced supplementation. Man, I I was going strong there too, man. Uh, Um, We're talking about success. Mm -hmm. And then we were talking about... uh, Putting systems in place, uh, you know, maybe from... 9 to 11 doing this or more of a disciplined. Yeah, no, uh, I, sh- I shouldn't have went down that path because that's where it fucked me up. So we're talking <laughs> about putting systems into place to make your life easier so you can be well, successful. Honestly, man, that's the perfect segue because some of the listeners probably said, he explained the left side of the quadrant. He didn't explain the right side of the quadrant for Robert Kiyosaki's book. Uh, the right side of the quadrant, quadrant <laughs> is putting systems in place systems mm-hmm. that's it uh when systems are in place in your life whether it's uh financial systems uh you know health and wellness systems uh, life gets a lot easier because you start to have your time in control again you can control your time uh when i'm not having to necessarily labor for someone say if you make a big enough residual income uh some people only need 600 bucks a week or whatever it is. If you can make that much residual income by leveraging the internet, uh, go with that because then you get your time back to go invest into your family or invest into the places you want to travel. Because, man, if you take out a, a, a piece, uh, piece of paper, anybody, take out a piece of paper, and what you'll do is if you draw a circle in that piece of paper and then – you put eight hours as a, it's like a pie chart in that eight hours. We have 24 hours though, right? But eight of it or 10 of it's devoted to producing a piece of paper to pay reoccurring expenses. Well, if you had that 10 hours back in your day, what would that look like? I think that's most people's first vision they should have in life. I know that's a hard thing to say, but I think that if we could think what would our days look like if we had 24 hours a day every day without – if we got 10 hours back of our 24 hours, like got rid of the trade time for money job for eight, nine hours. I say 10 hours because you got to get ready. You got to drive there. It takes about 10 hours out of your day. It does take longer than eight because most people mm-hmm. are there for at least nine hours, right? If you right. start adding in lunch and then, like, say, commute and getting ready, like your, right. your day is not yours way before you, you get to work. Right. So from eight to five, you grind it out physically but maybe from six to ten you're building something of your own that will last and that will uh, give you your time back eventually because uh, the only security in life is opportunity and if we look at life that way I think that anything's possible you see I love talking about entrepreneurship and leadership because it does create freedom in a sense you know when you are just all time freedom not having to worry about someone else's uh, input into your life, I think you can get so much more out of life. 
and that anxiety and depression might go away because you're free again. You're yeah. actually free. Do you remember when you were 10 years old and it was summertime? Dude, you just did whatever you wanted. Man. Every day was today. That's mm -hmm. how I like to live life now. Every day is just today. Now, I'm going to take a step back. Some may say, oh, that's just being lazy if you, you got your time back. If I had all the money in the world, I wouldn't retire. That's not how I'm thinking of it. You know, when I ask people what time, when would be a good time for you to retire? He's like, man, most people are like, takes a, maybe, maybe even I'm six, 60 or 70. That'd be great to retire, but I would never retire. If I had the money now and I didn't have to have a job, I wouldn't retire. Um, yeah, you would. Retirement isn't a matter of sitting around and doing nothing. Uh, when you're not working for someone else, you get to do and travel and do what you want, man. And But you can also keep a structure for your finances too <laughs> to make yeah. sure you're not because there's ways to make money on these devices, man. If you're in bed all day, just at least look to be making money somehow <laughs> in a residual way. But there's all types of ways to do that. Uh, I, th I think I'm going down this rabbit hole because I love freedom. I think freedom's really cool. Uh, yeah. Because that anxiety and depression that I used to have in life came from the uh, struggle of dealing with other people's emotions in a building yeah. or dealing with other people's uh, – <laughs> I don't know, other people's issues in a workplace. Uh, me, I didn't operate well. Once again, I proved that in high school. At 17, I dropped out. Hey, I can't do this structure stuff. Uh, I'm the worst. Mm -hmm. So I dropped out. And in, for me, in the workforce, it was the same way. I, it was like high school again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is, man. And, th and that's a lot of what they're trying to breed with, with a lot of these schools, just factory workers. You know, it's just right. this old structure, and it's all kind of bullshit to a degree. Right. Um, but on that same note, you still have to put structures in life, right, yes. to be successful, which it, it, a couple different things. So I did remember my thought earlier um, with the structures in place, right, because you're not always going to have that momentum, especially like being here in Missouri, Missouri, where like it's winter right now and like seasonal depression is like real. I couldn't imagine living somewhere where it's always fucking cloudy because like me during the winter months, dude, like I don't want to do fucking anything, bro. Sure. Like <laughs> it's such a struggle to like really want to do anything. Like I have like I don't want to be like around people. Even. Like mm -hmm. so like that's I mean, I know what that's from. It's like I'm not. Is it's less vitamin D, right? Like I'm less. There's less sunlight. There's less like outside. So like I'm trying to make those points. Like yesterday, I stood outside, like just in the sun, because it was like a nice, clear, sunny day. I was like, right, "Fuck, right. dude, I gotta soak this up." <laughs> so you're not always gonna feel this way, right? So you have to fucking put in those those systems in the place so that way you're taking daily action, right? And like I like to use um, the power list, which I got from Andy Frisella, which is just you know put five critical tasks that you want to get done every day. You know what I mean? Like. At first, he kind of explained it. I, I like to say, get all fucking five done. Like, you can get all five of those done before noon. You just won the fucking day, right? So, and then now you have your time back, right? So, I say that because putting something in place like that helps you build momentum, right? You start checking, like, things off the list. Boom. All right. Now you start building momentum. Now you start feeling good. It's not because you're motivated. It's because you have discipline. And now you feel good because you got something accomplished, right? Yeah, and you start things. building that momentum, right? And that takes you into the next step, into the next step, which will eventually lead you where you're going, right? So ultimately, you do have your time back because it's it's super important to, like, control your time, right? I think for me, that's what it's all about. Like, building the life that I want to live is just all about just doing what I want to do. And I think a lot of people, if they're trying to figure out, well, 
you know, what is your your overall goal or like like where do you want to be or like I think a good question to ask yourself is like what's the perfect day like? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. money not being an object, build your fucking perfect day. What do you want to do, right? right? And that's an ultimate like exercise of like money being no object like you completely controlling your time like what would you do you know what i mean if you do have the finances you know what i mean like don't even worry about those restraints just figure out like what you want to do that's one of my favorite questions to ask people in general uh anyone who knows me knows that when i connect with someone i typically in the first 10 minutes of knowing them ask them you know if time and money were not an issue what would you do and I have to ask it a couple times because they're not asked that question ever. I've had a lot of situations where people say, well, I've never I never thought of that because we've been so in the thick of things of having someone else dictate our time. Having the thought of having all your time to yourself, it can be scary or it can be that's pretty fired up. Yeah. So that's one of the very first questions I love to ask people, because, like I said, I think to get rid of that let's not do anything because every day is cold outside i think once we figure out wow this i know where i'm headed that's more important because i'm go back to the gps situation if i've got to be from here to kansas city and i don't know the place like i'm going to put in my my gps exactly where to go i don't care if there's a snowstorm or if there's something going on if i have to be there i have to be there like yeah it doesn't matter if they have 10 detours on 70 west it doesn't matter if there's a hurricane somehow in the middle of the the u.s or tornado systems happening if i is a requirement let's just say if i had a kid and my kid was in kansas city and they needed to be rescued right you're gonna find a way you're gonna find a way (laughs) yeah whether you're tired or not you're gonna get up you're gonna find a way to get there (laughs) and so Let's not use the circumstances in our lives to dictate our actions any longer because uh, the circumstances are false illusions. Uh, we've all been dealt a hand, you know, a, a card, you know, some hand, a card deck. We've all been, you know, dealt cards, uh, but it's just how we play those cards each day that we're given. So temporary, like I said, to go back earlier, motivation on YouTube is great, but it's only temporary. It's there for in the moment I'm fired up, but you need something bigger than that. Um, to propel you to Kansas City to go get your kid who needs to be rescued. Right. So, you know, um, yeah, man, it's fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, you got to fucking put in the work. It's so important. Right. And um, Right, right, right. Yeah, man, I lost my other – I lost That's it. That's okay, man. Uh, it was all, all – I think I hit most of the points that I wanted to say, right. but there was this one other thing. <laughs> we were talking about momentum – building a lifetime oh i know what it was use the word um i think it's just uh you say a lot of people have the the issue with like the word retirement i think it's just semantics Mm -hmm. because so for me and i I think i think it's the flip side of that coin is like work like the word work like uh, there's a very negative connotation to that like for me this as soon as i wake up I'm working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like until I wake up, till I go to bed. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of times when people think about work, they associate work with like I go to this place and I do this thing and right. I have to be at this like desk for like eight hours or whatever the case right. may be. Like from this time, like that's work to them. You know what I mean? You know, they see you on your phone or they see you on your computer and they don't, well, they can understand the computer, but they see you on your phone. They see you on Instagram. They don't understand like, no, this is work too. You know what I right. mean? Like, 
Mm-hmm. So that's a great point. So work isn't necessarily where you're at. Yes. You know what I mean? Or necessarily, you know, whether or not I'm putting this widget on or I'm doing this task on, you know, uh, you know, in in this part of the assembly line. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do work. Work can be going to dinner and, and, and meeting with some potential clients or going, you know, just going to a mixer. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. just being of service in, in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just connecting with people. Like, that's, it's still work in the grand scheme of things Mm -hmm. but when you're living that life and you're doing that Mm -hmm. none of it's work because you're not thinking about the task exactly having to do something to collect a something exactly Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's just all a part of like your day and what you're doing you're like Mm -hmm. this is just what i do you know what i mean it's not work so you can label it as work i'm working this is all working towards this bigger picture right right Mm -hmm. but most people don't associate it with that. So when you say now you're retired, mm-hmm. most people associate retirement with now I'm not doing work. I'm not doing anything. Right. right. I stopped doing everything. So for me, it's like to semantically, so most people understand. Like I don't, I won't, I don't think I would personally say like I'm retired because I don't think I'll ever retire. By that definition, mm-hmm. it's always. I'm always working. I think I'll always be working towards something. You right. know what I mean? I think the focus may change and, and, and there'll be different things um, throughout life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I feel like I'm always going to be working towards something. You right. have to be, right? Because otherwise you're just stagnant. And you're not growing. You're not learning. You're not do- – so you're not you're not living out your purpose. So your purpose may change throughout life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think it's semantics that people get hung up on, right? So when you say that you're – you want to retire, so so you don't want to do anything anymore. And I think I don't think that's necessarily what you think, right? Because I would I would guess that you know you would say like I'm still gonna be you're still gonna be working towards your mission, right? You're still gonna right. be doing stuff, right? Absolutely. You know I have uh, mentors who don't have a normal you know nine to five or anything like that, but they're the hardest working people I know. Exactly. Right. They're completely completely time free. They just have more uh, mindset responsibilities than uh, those who may not be time for just yet. So yet is a powerful word. I think that what I love about personal development and leadership and stuff is that there's just so many great examples in history that we could learn from to help propel us forward. It's incredible. You know, the reason why I'll always bring a book or reference a book with every place that I go is because the secrets of success are hidden in books. They're not really secrets at all. No. Um, but then also an application, too. You, you can read and be educated all day. You can be a Barnes & Noble CEO, but it's just a matter of nonstop uh, going towards your attainment you know, or whatever your purpose may be. And so um, this is an exciting platform, man. I'm so uh, ecstatic about the Internet and how we can all use it to communicate and and hopefully win together at a faster rate than what we would do alone. And I absolutely love where opportunity is in this country right now. You know, I I did want to talk a little bit about macroeconomics, if if that's all right. Dude, let's talk about it. Um, So in 
1913, we all get it. The Federal Reserve was instituted, and it's not federal, and it has no reserves. Okay. Yeah, it's not federal for the <laughs> folks listening. Um, it's called the Federal Reserve, but it's a private entity. Right. It's right? a privately owned entity. Oh, uh, I dropped coffee, brother. It's all right, dude. I'll, it's all okay. Good. At least, yeah, it works out. We're fine. Okay. We'll clean her up. Um, I have good cleaning solution for that. <laughs> That's totally fine. So I'm going to grab a towel. You explain yep. to the folks about the private okay. reserve. I'll be right back. Yes. Sorry, crowd. Actually, I dropped some coffee because I'm fired up. Uh, so the Federal Reserve was instituted, and it it's not federal, and it has zero reserves. And so what ended up happening is is very special stuff. I would recommend watching Mike Maloney's information. Uh, man, he's just such a great author and a communicator of what's coming down the pipe for economics. And so check out Mike Maloney on YouTube. Great guy for finances. But what happened with the Federal Reserve that it created fractional reserve banking? Look that up and see what that is. Long story short, we're all paying back uh, this Federal Reserve with our debt dollars. And my whole mission in life is to at least be one of the people who are explaining how to get out of the economic matrix and most importantly, how to do it with the community of people. And here's why. We don't need to consistently keep paying these people uh, with our hard-earned tax dollars. You know, when you go into business for yourself, what happens is you get a lot of tax breaks. Now, when you're doing your nine-to-five job, please, at the end of the night, look at ways of creating a business online or just creating some sort of low overhead company for yourself and your family. And that way, if something does go crazy, you actually own something. Uh, you can't be laid off from your own thing. You pay less taxes as a business owner. Uh, there is a lot of freedom once you get some of the financial stuff out of the way. I, I don't focus a lot on money to accumulate it in the moment, so to speak, I really focus on how can I keep most of what I have to pay out anyways. Look, if I have to pay the electric bill every month, you better believe I'm going to figure out a way. Well, how do I get in on the cut of a discount or how do I get in on the distribution of that electricity? Because all goods and services go through a distribution channel. And the more we can tap into that distribution channel as independent entrepreneurs, or you know, business owners, the more money we can get back. The richest man in the world is Jeff Bezos. He's the richest man in the world because of distribution. All the money is in the distribution of goods and services. I think that it's important for us to figure out how to capture that together, pay less on the stuff, or get paid from companies, <laughs> or get paid from companies sponsored by companies for doing awesome platforms like this. I say all that to say this. I really hope that people get out of this conversation the importance of figuring out the economics of their macro or their microeconomics. Figure that part out because there's a lot of freedom in that. I had a lot of fear and anxiety in life because I was really trying to figure out how am I going to get my next meal. And the fact that I thought about how I was going to get my next meal over and over and over again it was more difficult to get my next meal because I was focused on the negative part of it. Instead of saying to myself, man, how do I free my mind? <laughs> or how do I get to Maui in 10 years as opposed to my certain circumstances now? 
I really want people to be able to free themselves of this economic thing because it's made all the difference in, in my life. I'm not a thousand percent free yet, but my mentors are. And by listening to them, find a good mentor, please. By listening to them, applying what they're teaching me, uh, our family will be set for generation to generation. Uh, I really hope people study the financial reserves and the Federal Reserve and study that stuff, that history. Uh, study uh, the 1920s, uh, the Depression and Prohibition. Study the, the 15 years after Prohibition because here in Missouri we just went through a after-Prohibition type of thing with, you know, Amendment 2 being passed. Yeah, medical uh, marijuana being right. passed in Missouri. Absolutely. That's fucking awesome. Absolutely. And so learn from history, like Prohibition, to figure out how can I capitalize on this new industry that's happening. Like, I adore entrepreneurship and business ownership because the country's set up for business owners. It's not set up for employees. When we, when I worked as an employee, my job was to do a task to make money, but my the first thing that came out of my check was taxes, which I didn't see. So taxes that went to the company that I work for so they can pay their taxes and make interest on my taxes that I'm giving to them, by the way, so they make an income. <laughs> so I figured out through the cash flow quadrant and reading up on Robert Kiyosaki stuff that, holy crap, man, I've been scammed. I didn't get taught this in school. I'm going to learn more about this now. So if anything, I'm not here to promote who I am. I'm just here to spread a message of there's a little bit of hope, uh, a little bit of motivation, some fun. Uh, but I really hope the listener and the viewer will start focusing more on where they want to take their family's life. Um, and hopefully it's a good purpose, uh, wrapped around it too. So, um, I hope some of that stuff makes sense. I can go all day, man, but <laughs> I'm not gonna, well, I want to keep re, re being redundant here, uh, but it's well, just, it's, it's just binary, I guess. <laughs> well, it's important to, um, for people to understand that the, the life that you want to live is attainable and, uh, the information is available like all of the information is available through books through podcasts mm -hmm. um through certain documentaries or just different things so it's all available um if you vet your sources you know to make sure that it's credible and different things right right but um like all platforms like podcasting podcasting is amazing and i'm still still shocked about how many people don't know about it which is still actually very cool because there's so many people you can still teach about it mm -hmm. but at least in the health and fitness realm the most up-to-date current information is basically all coming through podcasts. Why? Because it's all like the scientists and actual researchers and people doing the work, mm -hmm. um, presenting their findings and information in real time, essentially. You know what I mean? So right. these, these authors who are writing books, they're going on podcasts now and they're talking in depth about their views in the book and different things. So mm -hmm. it's just an excellent resource. And your local library, like, oh my gosh, they have everything new things as well right. um and it's all for free you know what i mean you're already right. paying taxes which right. comes to another point as a small business owner like yeah there's a lot of tax breaks but on that same note depending on who's in in, in office and in, in different things um it can also be rough for a small business owner because it kind of pisses me off because i feel like everything like we tax taxed dollars, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Which fucking kills me. <laughs> so yeah, you know, and, um, I think it's, uh, 
I think it's important to uh, to kind of learn the system that you're operating in. Not to kind of it is. It's important to learn the system that you're operating in because money isn't everything. It's not the most important thing in the world, but it's pretty fucking important. Uh, Well, I guess money isn't everything, but it is fucking important. Let's just say that. Sure. Well, when you think about our expenses, I mean, at on average, maybe all of our expenses. uh, I'm gonna say maybe. 1800 to two grand a month in, in terms of average uh, American household, maybe. Uh, whatever your expenses are, let's just go with that. What if there was something running in the background covering all those expenses? And then what? Would you then still go to work? <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? uh, and so... We're uh, kind of headed there. Right. With automation, right? Right. And yeah. It's just so many opportunities out there. And I, I think... There's just a, a tsunami happening and coming when it comes to what's happening in the big economic scheme of things. There's a lot of great economists to study and, and read up on and all that. But uh, I, I think that instead of us really watching the news and pointing fingers at others, maybe uh, like Stephen Covey says in you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, start with your end in mind or the end in mind yeah. and then fight to make sure that you build your own boat when you know the tsunami comes because man get out of debt do what you can to be a business owner on the internet i i'm a strong proponent of the internet because there's barely any overhead overhead is where i'm living (laughs) you know like yeah yeah the the barrier to entry into (laughs) business these days with (laughs) with the internet and (laughs) phones i mean it's it's fucking such there is none right you know you can you can start an llc for Depending on your state, you know, mm-hmm. anywhere from, I don't know, like 50 to a couple sure. hundred bucks. If you want to do it like on your, your own, absolutely. Or there's credible sources to help you put it together legally, however you want to do. Uh, but, you know, it's cheap. Right. You can, you can do it. Right. You can. Absolutely. And I think that all of us focusing on freedom together, we can get out of whatever the situation is that's happened. There's a lot of stuff happening in the world. But I know one thing is that uh, until we're affecting our immediate circle of influence, the massive circle of influence will never change. Yeah. You know, um, I, I like focusing on, you know, micro and macro. That's why my company name is Cosm Direct. So that's the macrocosm and the microcosm of information, product services, direct to you. Now, there's um, no website for that just yet. It's just something that we just started to uh, do a, you know, two years ago or so, where our whole goal is to travel out, uh, travel around and spread a message of uh, leadership, hope, and that's what we need, I think, big time. Um, just like in your health journey, man. Uh, I can't wait to hear the story of how that happened, you know, your health journey. But I- I'm really just interested in everyone's journey. And I think that we all should really hope to, you know, help each other and serve each other and I, I love being on this, this podcast today for sure uh, I can't wait to hopefully come back with some prepared material <laughs> but um, it's, it's been fun man it's been fun yeah for sure dude for sure um, yeah we've touched on a lot of different things man right um, hmm. how can folks get a hold of you yeah so Mike at CosmDirect.com so that's M-I-K-E at C-O-S-M D-I-R-E-C-T dot com. And on there, uh, I do speaking engagements for companies. I've done speaking engagements for insurance companies. Um, There's a a multitude of things that uh, I'd love to connect people with. Uh, 
and so also I'm on Instagram at mike.brownjr uh, on Instagram and those are some of the ways that I can be reached or followed and so um, yeah there's a lot of information I wish I can go through tonight but, <laughs> Dude, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I mean, it's just that uh, yeah there's there's we, a lot of stuff but we can I'm, sit here and talk all day we'll have right. to have you back on for sure right, right. man because <laughs> I mean we talked a lot about it you know but um, mm -hmm. you know I would just say you know it you know the money piece is just it's just one of the pieces of right. the puzzle to life right. it's important to figure that out right. and I feel like once you figure that out you can you can start to build out the rest of your life a lot of times that's why you see so many people who have all the money in the world they're just so fucking unhappy because mm -hmm. money really isn't everything it's just one piece but it's an important piece so mm -hmm. um you know building the life that you want is um mm -hmm. it's a it's a fucking uh it's an art if you will you're exactly right i didn't know much about building the life i wanted until like i said i started to change up some stuff but so. one of my favorite uh one of my favorite books is a parable and the book is called the ant and the elephant. And so that book talks about, uh, it's and the ant and the elephant is by Vince Pacetti is the author. And in that book, it's a parable where the ant would be the, uh, equivalent to our conscious mind where, you know, our conscious mind takes 2000 neurons to produce an action or a thought. So, um, of my 2000 neurons, I'm, I'm, I'm walking around or if I'm taking a shower, or I'm driving, that's me focused in with my 2000 neurons. But he then says that the elephant in the story is our subconscious mind, which produces 4 billion neurons. So I, growing up, I put all my effort that I had into my ant mind and I had no idea about my elephant mind at all. I didn't know that everything that I was absorbing would eventually be my reality 10 years from now. Now, 10 years ago or 11 years ago, I started on this journey of uh, personal development and uh, reading books like that. And once I figured out that what this book really meant was engaging my subconscious as often as possible with the dreams and images of the things that I want to do. And the people who know the most about the 4 billion neurons versus the 2000 neurons, which is a huge gap, by the way, <laughs> huge gap. The ones who know the most about that are the advertisers and the television CNN folks who are trying to tell you, tell your elephant where to move your ant. You know, that's not something that we should really be absorbing anymore. I think we should really focus on our elephant mind. Go walk through million dollar homes if that's what you desire to have or go serve in a community of elderly folks where they're just happy to see someone. Go, go look in the eyes of those guys. Um, focus on your elephant mind more than the ant mind, and then you can take the ant anywhere you want. That's what oh, I yeah, brother. Sure. I love <laughs> it. Well, dude, we'll end on that, man. Um, cool. All right, everybody, until next time. Till next time, folks. <laughs>